0: Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation.
1: Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. We're excited to bring y'all another week of content, but a little note for our listeners, Dan Lang is not actually with us today, so y'all pray for Dan. Um, We're
0: we're sad that he's not here, um, but uh, he's... He is taking care of his family. Yeah. So he's, he's doing something very important. Uh, I
1: was going to say, y'all pray for him.
0: Nothing nothing wrong with him. He's just got a family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, to but a little side note, actually, I don't know. For those of you all that know us, you're aware of it. Dylan and I are married and no kids. Dan's got enough kids for all three of us. He's got three kids. So yeah. uh, I, I concur with Dylan. Just, just be praying for them. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, Dan's... Uh, doing, doing a good job with his family and raising his kids, but um, we, we've got a special guest with us today, um, so we've we still got a three-person podcast. It's actually my brother-in-law is uh, our guest today, uh, Dalton Todd. Dalton, do you want to introduce yourself to us?
2: Sure, and it's an honor to be here with y'all. I'm glad uh, you all asked me to be part of this. My name is Dalton Todd. I'm the, currently serving as the youth minister for the University Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas, and I've been there a little over a year now. I'm enjoying the work there
1: mm-hmm yep and um and before that you were uh, a student of Fried hartman uh so they right? tell me <laughs> yes yeah, so they tell you okay. um well we're excited for this topic um i you know if you've listened to, the, to our podcast before it's a, a topic that we've we've had before but one that we really have enjoyed and are going to continue with you today dalton so um Here's the big question, and we're gonna gonna let you take this and answer it, and, and let the conversation flow as it may. But, Dalton, why are you a Christian?
2: Oh, that's a that is a big question. That's a good question. In fact, it's such a good question that I wish more Christians actually asked that of themselves. Why am I a Christian? And I, I feel like there's so many people who who are Christians mainly because they were might have been raised in the church or. Um, that's just what their parents told them to believe or, or whatever. They haven't really investigated what the Bible has to say about it or any of kind of evidence for Christianity. Uh, the reason I am a Christian is actually actually twofold. The reason I became a Christian, um, I like to, when I talk to people about it, I like to bring them to Acts chapter 8. Okay. So we can turn to Acts chapter 8. Yeah. I'll show you just a little bit of a reason why I am a Christian. It's often said that, uh, that uh, Christians and really... New Testament Christianity, which is kind of redundancy, <laughs> New Testament <laughs> Christianity, yeah. is um, is based first and foremost in logic in reason. We think a lot about in the religious world we have we have a lot of emotion in the religious religious world. There's nothing wrong with emotion. God has given us our emotions, but Christianity I think stands out more than other other religions because it first starts with that logic. And I wanted you to turn to Acts chapter 8 because we have this account of the Ethiopian eunuch and we have Philip uh, talking with the Ethiopian eunuch and eventually converting him. When we when we see here in verse 30 of Acts chapter 8, it says, So Philip ran to him, that is the eunuch, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? He doesn't, qu- he doesn't first ask, what is this how does this make you feel? How does this reading make you feel? He says, do you understand what you're reading? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know if you know the account, he goes on and explains uh, what it is he's reading but doesn't know because he doesn't have a teacher. Mm-hmm. And it says that Philip preached to him or taught him Jesus. And they eventually come to a body of water, and the eunuch asks, well, here's water. What, what stops me from being baptized? So apparently in this teaching of Jesus, baptism came up. Mm-hmm. And so they go down into the water. Um, Philip baptizes the eunuch for the remission of his sins. And according to Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the Lord adds the eunuch to the church. And after that, here's where the emotion comes in. After that, I love it, um, we see that the eunuch went on his way rejoicing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It says that in verse thirty-nine of Acts chapter yeah. eight.
1: So after after he came to the logical conclusion, mm-hmm. then the emotion overwhelmed him of, mm-hmm. of what he realizes through that logical conclusion.
2: I was personally raised in the church, and uh, and but I was not I was not a really a Christian. I say really a Christian because I, ha- I had some some doubts and questions and leanings throughout my teenage years until I was in college, though that I really studied it for myself and came to the conclusion that this is the right way. So I ha- I first understood it, and then I obeyed, and now I can rejoice. Mm-hmm. But the second part of this, I said it was twofold. Yeah. Why do I remain a Christian? Yeah, and,
1: and that's really, I mean, not to interrupt you or anything, but that's, that's really um, the more difficult one to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so go right ahead.
2: My favorite verse on this, uh, we could talk about a bunch of different things about um, – about just the joys of Christianity. We could talk about um, what we'd be giving up if we gave up Christ. And there's lots of verses that talk about that. But my favorite one that talks about this is actually in John chapter 6. We'd like to turn to John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, we see Jesus is is speaking these difficult truths. And they're difficult um, to, for his disciples to, to listen to them. And so, in fact, they actually say this is this is difficult. This is hard to hear. Yeah. Who can who can understand it? They're, they're really what they're saying there. It's not that it's hard to perceive. It's hard for them to accept. It's objectionable. And these it says these disciples actually left Jesus. Many of them did. Mm-hmm. And Jesus turns to them in verse sixty seven of John chapter six. He turns to his twelve. Uh, Do you also want to go away? Is what he asks them. And this this is the response I love from Peter. But Simon Peter, verse 68, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The reason I remain a Christian, first off, it goes back to that logic and understanding that this is not just something that blesses my life, but also is just from what I can see and what I can study is the only way. Mm -hmm. Peter recognizes that as well. He says, you have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? That's, go ahead.
0: I think one of the cool things about what you're talking about is you're, you're coming from a point of logic, you're coming from a position of reason. And, you know, Dylan and I and Dan have been meeting with, uh, with, with one of the members here and talking about how we can best reason with the congregation through our preaching and how we can uh, look at the Bible as a series of statements. That are meant to prove a point, right? Mm The point is that God is sovereign and that Jesus saves, right? Right. Like you can boil it down to that. Well, in Acts chapter 20, it's one of my favorite passages. Uh, And the reason it's one of my favorite is because it's kind of funny in my mind. It's (laughs) talking about Eutychus. And Eutychus is the man who fell asleep at a windowsill while Paul talked until midnight. And it's just, to me, it's just a funny funny little story. But what you see there is that Paul talks with the brethren in verse 8. And the Greek word, I know we're getting a little bit deeper, but the I'm Greek bothered. word there is uh, dialogomai, mm-hmm. right? which is where we get the word dialogue right? as we're talking with people. And you find that word, I'll just kind of list off a litany of scriptures here in Mark chapter 9, 34. Acts 17.2, Acts 17.17, and then one of them he's arguing, and one he's reasoning, and one uh, he's reasoning. I mean, he's reasoning with people. And so this idea of looking through the Scriptures logically, understanding what it is that they're supposed to tell us, discussing it with other people, coming to a unified understanding of the Scripture, that's, that's exactly what the first century church... Did. So true. They so understood true. it. They came together in order to reason and to discuss and, and sometimes so long that people fell asleep because it was midnight <laughs> and they fell down a three story building and died. And then was raised
1: up again yeah. because of Peter. But, but the reason they did that was so they could do what's called of them in first Peter three three fifteen. Yeah. Always be prepared to give a defense right. for the, the hope that's in you. And that's really what has spurred on this series that we've been doing, yes. um, is being prepared to give it defense. The, that, that <laughs> the reason that we reason together, the reason that we discuss these things is so anybody that asks, why are you a Christian? We can tell them, well, th- this is why. And, and that's actually the really cool thing, Dalton. I know you're, um, you've are you listened to many of our episodes, and you, mm-hmm. you've heard some of the other guys on here, and, and they've given answers of, of you know, um, because I, I have no other hope other than than Christ. You know, I, I wouldn't even be able to make it through this life without mm-hmm. him. Uh, other answers have been, uh, you know, Dustin said, you know, it works for me eternally. It doesn't work in this life as much, you know. We're not promised to have a, a easy life,
0: but it works eternally. Um, yeah. Jared, Jared talked initially about how heaven is, has got to be the reason but that's not the only reason yes yeah exactly there's got to be more you can't just have heaven and that kind of goes to what kevin talked about exactly yeah that's what i was about to say and and, and if you haven't listened to kevin i highly encourage you to go do that but you know kevin had five different points yeah and and i'll talk about three of them just real quick is one is heaven right wanting to go the second one is not wanting to go to hell and then the third is love yeah and uh so all of this comes together. You know, we, we have to reason with the scriptures. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and that, that's
1: exactly what I, you're saying, Dalton. Mm-hmm. Is the logical thought process is is all of these things combined that, yes. that we've talked about? Is is the, when you think about it logically, you're like, okay, well, that's that, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I think
2: about what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter one, verse eighteen, mm-hmm. and he he is saying, let's. Let's reason together. Why can't we reason together? Yeah. And he starts, starts that wonderful book, um, very long, wonderful book, with that concept. Why can't we reason uh, together? And I often ask uh, my teenagers um, if, if it were possible to prove logically that God exists, that the Bible is inspired by God, and that Jesus is his son— who died for us, and who actually raised from the dead. And you could prove that logically. Mm-hmm. Not just from the Scripture, sure, but also logically with the things God has left for us. How powerful do you think that would be? I, I think so many people have given up on people of the world as being reasonable people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we there, we have postmodernism and all these other types of views where people have abandoned truth or, or some people have abandoned reason, but that's not everyone. That's not everyone. People people make logical decisions every day, things they have to think through. Yeah. And Christianity is designed to be one of them. That's, that's the, in my mind, one of the greatest separations between Christianity and Islam or Hinduism or things like that. Yeah.
0: Well, I've, I've got yeah. a question for you. Just okay. along those thoughts, I'm going to try to get a little deeper there. So you're saying that every day, people wake up and have to logically reason through
2: things. Correct? A lot of time, yeah.
0: In Christianity is a lifelong pursuit of logically thinking through things, mm-hmm. right? So how do we as Christians, how should we approach each and every
2: day? How should we approach each and every day? Well, I, when you ask that question, it reminds me of, of what the Proverbs writer says about wisdom being the principal thing, that wisdom is this idea of not just knowledge. It's knowledge that tells me how a certain event is going to Mm. going to happen because of my choices and it it informs my decision making process now wisdom being the principal thing and then wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord Proverbs 9 verse 10 Um, then I I would think Christians need to take very seriously when they wake up each day that they redeem the time as Paul writes in Ephesians and make their choices with wisdom now wisdom that is not of the world wisdom that is of God's word so that's Probably haven't answered that.
1: You no, know, that's fair. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at, right? It's like every day we wake
0: up, every decision that we make should be based in Christ, right? It should be based with the, the lens and the looking glass of Jesus. And if it's not, I mean, what are we doing? Right.
1: Yeah, well, and that's a really good point, too. Uh, we, we've had other conversations along these lines. Uh, Cr- Chris and I actually share an office here at Keller. So we, we have a lot of conversations right over our bookshelf <laughs> um, that don't make it to the podcast. But, um, but one of the conversations we're having, you know, is um, a really big struggle, especially here in America, is people separating their uh, lives, or as we're talking now, decision making mm-hmm. as Christians versus their lives slash decision making as Americans, yeah. and that's a,
0: a very sad thing when I see that happen. Yeah. Um, well, and, and not, I think we can even go further than that, and and, and we'll, I think we're all going to tie this back into why we're still so Christians, right? But mm-hmm. I think we can go further than that, and not just Americans, but people. Yeah. Right? As, as we talk about being a Christian, right? we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. We have been buried in baptism. Our old life is done. We have been raised in the newness of life. We are no longer living for self. We are living for Christ. Right? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're a new creation. Right? We're, yeah. we're not who we were. And so in that sense, right? does it become, and, and this is a question that I kind of want you to expound upon okay. more than just a yes or no, right? <laughs> but is it easier or harder to be a Christian, knowing that all of our decisions need to be based and run through Christ, right, and that we're not necessarily American first, we're not a person first. We're, we should be a Christian first. What do you What do you think about that? I hope I phrase that correctly. Sure.
2: Um, well, when I think about if it's easier or harder to run my decisions through what Christ would want me to do. Uh, that tells me that first I need to know what Christ would want me to do. I would know, need to know His teachings. I would need to know His principles and whatnot. But I, I would say, in in one sense, it is harder. So yes and no. We'll go with that. So in one sense, it is it is harder. When
0: you follow my dream? I didn't say yes or you said you said yes and no. So
2: <laughs> it is it is harder, more difficult, in the sense that I don't always like being wrong. In fact, I, I don't I'll ever like being wrong. But if I if I make a decision. Or even entertain a decision that I know might make me stand better with society, but not with Christ, then fear can start, fear of acceptance or being rejected can come into that, um, or in all sorts of other different temptations. That can make it more difficult. Mm-hmm. But if I made the decision, and I hope many Christians have, I would expect many, many have, when they put on Christ in baptism, at, they are very genuine about, this is whom I serve now. This is who I serve now. Jesus is my Lord, and it, that's that's a done deal. Questions, any question about what I might do in life has been answered when it comes to, like, especially the big things. I'm not, for example, I'm not going to say, um, I'm a Christian now. Am I going to just choose not to come back on Sunday night? I'm not going to say that kind of stuff. I've, it's answered my, I've answered that question. Yeah. Um, now, little little things, God has given us uh, discernment and judgment that we can look at His Word and, and work through them. In fact, I like what Peter writes in Second Peter chapter one, uh, in verse three, that we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness in the, in God's Word. And so, every everything that we can do in our life, even though it might not be specifically stated, we can work through it through principles, through judgments, and whatnot. And so, in that sense, if we if we get into the Word and we understand it and we study it and we learn from it, decisions become easier. Or at least the right decision becomes easier. Now, it's not always the difficult part comes in, do I want to actually follow that right decision? <laughs> knowing but, what
1: the decision is
2: becomes yeah, easier. Knowing yeah,
1: knowing it. I, I want to give my little two cents on that question you asked Chris. Is, yeah. is it easier or harder? I think it depends on an initial choice. Yeah. Whether you're going to live to Christ or live to self. Because um, that is the decision that's going to determine all the others. If you've already decided, I'm going to live to Christ, well, then all the other decisions, I think it becomes easier. Because you've already decided, I'm not going to to be living for myself. And and the root of all sin, you can name any sin, the root of that is selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so if you've made the decision, I'm going to live for Christ and not for myself, then it should make the other decisions easier. Yeah. Should is the key word. Yeah, and
0: I think I think both of y'all are hitting kind of what I'm, I'm getting at here, is that knowing the right decision to make becomes infinitely easier when you become a Christian and understand, right, there has to be that understanding, you understand what Jesus wants of you and what God expects of you, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing the right decision becomes infinitely easier. But sometimes, even knowing that decision, the reality of making and following through that with that decision, which is kind of what you were getting at, Dalton, right? becomes a lot harder right mm-hmm. it's a whole lot harder to stand up for someone who's being bullied by an entire classroom than it is to join in with that bully mm-hmm. but you know what the right decision is to do mm-hmm. and so knowing that and, and I think you know I'm kind of I guess I, I saw the way you were going with, with your thought process and so I'm I don't know if I'm hijacking it or not but, <laughs> um, but knowing that sometimes decisions are harder why, why don't we just make the easy decisions like why are we why are we Christians? Why don't we just make the easy decision? Why do we follow a difficult decision if it's going to be a lot harder?
2: I think that a lot of times that comes back, at least in my mind, to the reasoning of it. Because just as Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. Yeah, even though it might be easier to follow the world, and, and we obviously as humans, we mess up sometimes and, and make our decisions based on the world when we shouldn't. Um, we have to remember that Christ is the reasonable, logical answer to come come back to that. That's uh, for me. That's why I choose to stay with Christ. Is because that really is the only way. And and thinking about it, might be diffic- The times it might be difficult to make a or the right decision, even though we should. I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, yeah. his teaching there of of not. My will, but yours be done. Of course, Jesus, over and over again, he prays that this cup is taken from him. Um, He knows that it's necessary to go to the cross, but he doesn't want to, or in the sense he doesn't want to, in the sense that he knows the suffering that's coming, he knows the hardship that's coming. But he says, "Not my will, but your will be done." And that's what we need to—that's what we need to resolve in ourselves. It's not my will. But Your will. And one of the best, probably the best question I can ask in my Christian life is, "Lord, what would You have me to do?" Simply that. Lord, what would You have me to do? Yeah. Not, "What's wrong with it?" Not, "How does this make me feel?" Is this sinful? Is it sinful? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: What what could possibly go wrong? Lord, what would You have me to do? And that'll answer a lot of questions in my life. So. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I don't. I can't think of any other comments to add on to that. I mean, um, you know, there's sometimes as we're going through this podcast where um, I just get caught up listening. I, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago when we had Kevin on. You know, I just get, get caught up listening like, man, this is spot on. And then I forget I'm interviewing. <laughs> I got to ask a question. So um,
0: I, I appreciate, you know, Dalton, you coming here and, and being willing to talk with us about this. I, one of the things you said at the beginning was I think every Christian should be asking this of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think Amen. more so than that, every Christian should have an answer mm-hmm. to this question. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not able to stand upon our own faith and our own rock, when somebody comes and asks, "Why are you a Christian?" you know, for some of the reasons we talked about today, right? Some of the reasons we've talked about in different podcasts. Why are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. Right? With all the awful things happening in the world, why are you a Christian? Because of the decision making. Why are you a Christian? Rather, right? like, if you can't answer that. I, are you a Christian?
2: Yeah. You know, the world has this weird concept of faith. They have faith this concept of faith that is believing regardless of evidence. Yes. Just believing blind because of blind faith, yeah. blind belief. Believing just because you choose to believe. That is not endorsed by the Bible. The Bible does not endorse that exactly. type of silliness. Hebrews 11:1. Yeah, that's a weird word. Hebrews 11:1 says that faith It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And there are a couple of ways you can translate substance and evidence, but it gets back to that faith has evidence to it.
0: Well, and and you go along with Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Mm -hmm. You cannot go through Hebrews 11 and find one person in the hall of faith that did not do something to show their faith. Mm -hmm. And James talks about that,
1: right? -hmm. The way I've heard faith described a lot of times um, by people who are indicating that you know you really don't know anything. Um, or even by the church. I've heard of this example both ways, which is why it works. But it's like a kid jumping into a pool with their dad waiting down there to catch him. And people will say, well, the kid has no idea that their dad's waiting to catch him. Well, if it really truly was blind faith, there would be no dad in the pool. And the kid would be jumping in, hoping that, hey, maybe he'll jump in from the side or come up from underneath the water and catch me. And that, that's completely blind faith, and that's not what... We're asked to do. I think we're, I, I, we're asked based on the evidence that we see before us, mm-hmm. the experiences that we have with our Father to know He's going to catch me when I jump. <laughs>
2: Remember the faith that Peter had to have to walk out, get out of the boat, and walk on the water, even though yeah. he does eventually sink because because of his distraction. Yeah. Um, he didn't just get out on the water just because he thought it would be a neat trick. He yeah. saw Jesus standing there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm reminded also of First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty-one, where Paul writes. Test all things Mm -hmm. and hold fast to what is good that does not sound like a blind faith to me
0: God has made known to us all of the invisible attributes of it we we are aware of everything all we have to do is look outside Mm -hmm. we have to open our eyes that's Mm -hmm. Romans 120 yeah and um, you know one of the things kind of getting back to the idea of decision making right Mm -hmm. and what we choose to do one of the things that my wife says quite a bit just with regards to decision making is what's the decision that cannot be wrong Right, what's the decision that can't be wrong, and sometimes that doesn't work. Right? Like sometimes decisions are not black and white. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But I think that's a pretty good kind of an indicator. You know, what Lord, what would you have me do? Well, what's the decision that can't be wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good indicator of what we should choose to do. So
2: I wonder how many of these of these gray areas that people come up with as gray areas are really, really are really gr- really gray, but Yes, not everything is—it's this or this, and it's just cut and dry like that. Yeah. But sometimes it just takes more digging. If yeah. yeah, some things are not, there's there's a difference in something that's sinful that is inherently sinful, and something that's sinful because it's contextually sinful. Yeah. Inherent sin is something that's sinful just because the nature of it is sinful. Lying would be like one of those things. God cannot lie. Lying is is inherently wrong. There's nothing the right about it. Right. Yeah. Con- contextual sins are a little trickier and for people to get a grasp on. It's not that the thing itself is inherently sinful, but in a certain context it would be. And the, the, the key to context, contextual sins is that the thing that's sinful about it is inherently sinful. So, for example...
0: Romans 14 kind of comes to mind mm-hmm. for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like Eating meat sacrificed to idols. Well, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with eating meat and sacrificed to idols because it's meat Right. Well, let me let me give you this.
2: Would it be would, it, would we have authority to use hamburger and Coke for the Lord's Supper instead of unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine? We would not. Is it wrong to eat hamburger and Coke?
0: I hope not. Uh, I really <laughs> hope not either. If so, I am in a lot of trouble yeah. because I think my life well, meals have been hamburgers. And I, and I go back
2: to Jesus <laughs> saying, "All food, are clean and whatnot." Yeah. But um, but that's not wrong. Yeah. But in the context of the Lord's Supper, yeah. it is, yeah. and the thing that makes it wrong is the lack of authority.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The, God has not authorized that. Yeah. We could talk about all sorts of different things like that, and the the lack of authority doing something with a lack of authority is inherently wrong. So contextual sin always points back to inherent sin. Yeah. So, and I, I think when we when we're talking about uh, how we can discern in our lives. Reasons we stay Christians and make those decisions each and every day, we need to discern not just the good that Christ wants us to do, but also the sin and the temptation that gets in our way. Is this something that's, Lord, what would you have me to do? But sometimes if it is just a contextual sin, like does this actually help glorify God? Does this help make the church look good? Does this help my life, or or is it a stumbling block for other people? And so, so, things like that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So anyway, I I don't have anything else. If if, um, if you've got anything else you want to share, you're more welcome to. Otherwise, I'm gonna let I'm gonna deal and close us out. Here. Yeah. Do you have any uh, closing comments,
1: maybe, on this one?
2: Well, I would actually like to make a plug.
1: Yeah, go for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are having in Tyler at the University Church of Christ at the end of January, January thirtieth. We are having a youth summit it's a six-hour day from 10 o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon
1: on a saturday on a
2: saturday the end of, end of january last saturday in january um if you're listening and you have uh if you have kids you have a youth group bring them out we'd love to we'd love to have you and um if you need to contact me i guess you can contact the guys here and they can get my number that yeah. way i don't want to put it out in the air <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like <exactly>. that <laughs> yeah
1: and uh, you know we always leave our uh, ways that y'all can contact us at the end of the Again, so. you could
2: also go to the to University Church of Christ Facebook page or the website, and you could find the information there as well.
1: So. Yeah, and I hear they've got a, some great speakers lined up. Uh, going to be some good classes and everything. So.
2: I see he's smiling at me right now because he knows he's one of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that is a good thing. Dalton's got a good work going at university. So. I'm enjoying it. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, thank you, Dalton, for being on. This has been a great discussion. Thank you very much. Um, it's always a, just a bright spot in my day when we can get together and record these. they um, really encouraging. I hope that y'all at home are encouraged by this too. So thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook, and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or apple podcasts you can even leave a review on apple podcasts we're also partnering with ministry league this is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith we love you all and let's go start a conversation